0: Heyd Mila falta. welcome to the Letter from Ireland show, where we travel in the footsteps of your Irish ancestors, visiting their homelands and telling their stories as they put down roots in so many places around the world. Thanks for listening to the show. To support the podcast and letter, get lots of member-only features and follow Mike and Karina behind the scenes, go to a letter from ireland.com forward slash plus that's a letter from ireland.com forward slash plus now let's get on with the show hello i hope you're well wherever you are in the world today and ready for another great episode on the letter from ireland show Mike and I write a letter from Ireland each week, but we also run an active membership community searching for their Irish ancestors, which we call the Green Room. And all this is happening from County Cork in the south of Ireland. Today, come with us as we walk in the footsteps of our Irish ancestors. Our first port of call is Cove in County Cork, and from there we're going to travel the emigrant trail, as so many of our ancestors did from the mid-1800s. We're going to head to America, landing in New York. Some, of course, of our emigrant ancestors in the early days would have landed at Castle Garden Lower Manhattan, but most emigrants touched American soil for the first time on Ellis Island. So, we're off to New York and we're going to meet up with Green Room members on Ellis Island who share their stories of their Irish ancestors who had arrived on Ellis Island in the late 1800s and some in the 1900s. So, come along with us and experience what it was like for your own ancestors arriving in America.
1: Farewell My lovely Johnny A thousand times at you You are going away From the holy ground And the ones that you love true You'll sail the salt sea's over And then return for sure To see again the ones you love And the holy ground once more You're on salt sea sailing, and I am safe behind. Fond letters I will write to you. The secret. What I adore still holy ground once more But now the storms are over And you are safe and well We will go into a public house and we'll sit and drink our fill. We'll drink strong eggs. Eh?
0: The ancestral trail and our journey starts in ireland in cove formerly known as queenstown in county cork now luckily mike and i live in county cork so it was only a short drive down the road for us to cove harbour and here we started our immigrant trail as three million of our ancestors had done leaving from this quayside here in cove i wonder if what it would have been like for our ancestors arriving in Cove in the 18 and 1900s so to tell us what it was like for our ancestors and maybe what they would have experienced here in Cove I called into Jack Walsh who's manager of the Cove Heritage Museum. So we've stepped into Cove, into the old railway station, which is now Cove Heritage Centre. And I'm here chatting with Jack Walsh. Jack, you're the manager here of the centre. And can you tell us a little bit about your own background and where you started off with all these transatlantic journeys, maybe in your own life?
2: My first memory would be when I was growing up as a little boy, my family had a pub in a place called The Stole in County Kerry. And my mother was the agent for the Cunard shipping line. So she sold tickets to any of the local young guys or young girls who were contemplating emigrating, uh, especially to the US. And I often watched those guys sitting in the bar with their pints, filling in all the documentation, and possibly a week later those guys were gone off to New York, Boston, Chicago, wherever, and lots of cases they were probably never seen again. And that was in the early 1960s. But I suppose if you think of, if you've gone back 100 years to the 1850s, 1860s, anybody contemplating emigrating to the US at that stage, they definitely didn't come back. And they had a tougher journey because, you know, nowadays you have trains, cars, buses. In those days you had donkeys, donkey and carts and uh, maybe rowing boats.
0: So how would a person have come down here to Cove and got on the boat? What would their journey have been like?
2: Well, from the 1860s onwards, they could have caught the train in some place like Killarney and gone to Cork, then got the train from Cork to, to Cove and then directly onto the ships. Um, but a lot of them, depending on when they arrived uh, and when their ship was sailing, would have had to lodging somewhere in Cove. And the lodging houses were famous um, because you didn't know what you were going to find in there, right? And they... And the, uh, the, <laughs> The banantees, as we call them here, the lodging house ladies, had lots of little different ways of getting business and saving a few pound.
0: For example, I'm sure if, you must tell me about one of those.
2: Oh, if for example, you had booked for your bed and breakfast. Uh, at maybe six o'clock in the morning before breakfast was being served. Somebody was shouting outside the door. Quickly, everybody, the boat is here. Right? So everybody would leave the bed and breakfast. Been no breakfast served. but The banantees already been paid for it. So little tricks like that. Um, but the lodging houses in in Cove were famous at that time because people were coming from all over the country. Um, a lot of them were young; they didn't know the way around. They were sort of, sort of rural people from the west of Ireland, for example. Coming into a large town would have been strange, but a town they'd never been in. Looking for somewhere to stay, they had to trust people, and they were very trusting. They didn't always leave with the money they arrived with. Let's put it that way. And that I was
0: different. and that was the start of their journey.
2: And, you know, from here then, you know, you you get on a ship in in the 1860s, 1870s, it might have been two or three weeks sailing across the Atlantic in all sorts of weather. Um, So a lot of them were, you know, sort of fairly sick when they got to the other side.
0: So, following in the footsteps of our ancestors, we headed to New York.
3: The island, it is silent now But the ghosts still haunt the waves. And a torch lights up a famished man Who fortune could not save Did you work upon the railroads? Did you ride the streets of crime? Were your dollars from the White House? Where I found that five and dime Did they all sound tad, to cheer you And they does still make you cry Did you count the months and years Or did your teardrops quickly dry I know the things was not to be On a cabin ship I came here and I never reaped so far, that they could change my name. So- To Mr. Cohen Dear old Times Square's Favourite bird Then we raise the glass to JFK And a dozen more Besides When I got back to Just chickens.
0: Now, I must admit, our trip to New York by plane was short and comfortable compared, I'm sure, to what our ancestors would have experienced in cramped conditions aboard ship. When we arrived in New York, Ellis Island Immigration Museum in the harbour was very easy to spot. It's an imposing red brick building close to the Statue of Liberty. My goodness, can you imagine what our ancestors must have felt as they looked up at the Statue of Liberty? I'd always wanted to come here and have that exact feeling following in their footsteps. So many had landed on Ellis Island from 1892 onwards. This would have been their first sight of America. Many of the emigrant stories we hear mention Ellis Island, so I couldn't wait to experience the place for myself. I knew it would give us a real feel for what it was like for our ancestors in those first few days as they landed in America after disembarking and surviving maybe a treacherous and difficult journey of weeks crossing a wild Atlantic Ocean. I can only imagine the feeling of relief to be finally on land and yet the trepidation that they must have felt for what lay ahead. It was all so new. Our visit to Ellis Island was on a bright and blustery day and it was a special day too as it fell on St. Patrick's Day. Even better, we were thrilled to be accompanied in our exploration of Ellis Island by members of our green room. Local green room members from around New York and New Jersey area and even further afield came to meet us and joined us on the boat as we all headed towards the processing centre. Two members, Lynn McGraw and Jane Mackesy and Madeleine, their friend, had also experienced getting on a boat in Cove, Ireland, as their ancestors had done, because Mike and I had recreated that experience for a special gathering of our Green Room members a while back. So what was it like now, having got on that boat in Cove, and here we were meeting on the other side on Ellis Island. So I had a chat with Lynn and Jane, and asked them what it felt like now, having really traveled in the footsteps of their ancestors. A journey that began for many of our Irish ancestors in Cove in Queenstown, formerly known as Queenstown, and uh, Jane and Lynn and Madeline Madeline were with us in Cove last year on that experience where we went on the boat, got on the boat in Cove in Queenstown and had that feeling of what it felt like for our families to move across the water. And this is where many of them then stepped out here on Ellis Island where we are standing today and a group of us have met here so Jane can you tell us about your family that came here
4: sure my grandfather and here to see where he landed in 1905 and to know that he walked in these same steps and the only reason I'm here today is because he made that amazing trip and came here
5: And Lynn, your family also came through here? Uh, Yes, my great-grandfather came. He was about eight years old. He came over from Ireland. He was born actually in in England, uh, but his parents were from Ireland. They stopped back in Ireland, and then they came here to America, and they moved to the Bronx, and that's where they stayed. They settled here, and uh, felt kind of... A warm feeling like that's where they came from. I've s- I saw it, experienced it, and this is where they landed and ended up. From Rose Common, uh, Leitrim, border. Leitrim Border, that area, Drumbrisney.
0: We headed in, through the big front door and into the large immigration hall. And what a hall it was. The size of the hall and the noise must have been bewildering to the new arrivals. If, for example, this was April 17th, 1907, a record number of 11,747 people would have passed through the hall on that day. Almost 12 million people came through Ellis Island. Between 1901 and 1910, 8.8 million people arrived in the US. Six million of these were processed at Ellis Island. They all filtered through this huge hall. And as we looked around, Jane explains what happens to the emigrants and what happened to them when they got here to this enormous registry room. So this is the hall, is it, Jane, the emigrants would have come into?
4: Yes, this is the great hall where the medical checks, I believe the medical checks were being done. They would have benches that they would sit around and they would go through lines. They would have... um, ropes or whatever set up to go through in a line and you would come up to a medical person is one of the stops anyway and they would evaluate you and they would write a chalk mark on your coat depending on whether you had a medical issue
0: many tales of joy and heartbreak were played out here in this hall jane went on to explain that some people were sent back to ireland if they were found to have an eye disease which was quite common among the emigrants at the time Can you imagine the heartbreak if a member of your family was sent home after some of these medical checks? Many dramas like these were played out each day in and out in this great hall. I went up to look at the top of the hall because you can still see and feel those high desks that the officials stood behind And here the inspectors asked emigrants their name, where they were from, their hometown, the amount of money they had. Sometimes they were asked up to 31 questions. The lucky ones then passed downstairs where they exchanged money, bought provisions and perhaps rail tickets. Here on Ellis Island, the connections to the past were strong, as when you see the artifacts in the museum, it seemed to bring back memories to our green room members of their own family stories about those who traveled through Ellis Island. And luckily for us, they generously share those memories with us. Here, Mike asks Deborah and Lynn to share their family stories of their grandparents. But first, there was a surprise find for me around the corner so look what we found in the corner here deborah and lynn and myself we found any more <laughs> now more is a big thing of course for us in cove but she's standing there with two children in cove i think but she's here on her own but her pockets are full of money so i hope that so was a <laughs> that was a good sign <laughs> a good sign for any more so she was the first uh, person that came through here through ellis island and was processed so From and she came from Queenstown and Cove. Uh, Deborah, your folks came through here as well? They did, but not my Irish
6: relatives. My uh, German relatives did. My grandfather was a little boy who came through Ellis Island, but my Uh, Irish...
7: Did did he keep stories? Did he tell you stories about
6: coming through here? Oh, yes, he did. He did. He told me, you know, um, how he was about four years old, almost five, and he held his mother's hand, and they went on a long trip across the ocean and then when they got here they took a long train to Trenton, New Jersey, and they had a big party, and his father carried him home that night. So they were well welcomed, as I said. Yes.
5: Lovely. And then your regrets came through here as well? Uh, yes, and the only knowledge that I have of that is I have a pair of shoes that I was told were my grandfather's shoes, but unfortunately my father passed away when I was two, and my grandmother passed away when I was eight, and I never thought to ask my mother which grandfather that the shoes belonged to. So I have these shoes, but I'm not sure who really they belong to. He
1: was 19 or so, was
5: it? No, he was um, nine. Oh, me. Yeah, nine, yeah. So they were smaller, little shoes. Yeah, so yeah. So I have these shoes, but I'm not really sure whose they are.
0: <laughs> we got to see those little shoes as Lynn posted a picture of them in our green room and seeing them made her grandfather's journey as a young boy very real indeed
7: To cross the threshold of that isle of hope and tears was any more from my. When your old book disappears, but there's no future in the past when you're 15. 17 million people had come there for sanctuary. And in springtime, when I came here and I stepped on to its peers, I thought of how in my
0: loved hearing about the precious objects our ancestors brought to America. I guess it was to remind them of Ireland and how these then got passed down in the families. Deirdre tells us here about her Maguires and a special keepsake that was in her family. Deirdre, you've joined us today on the tour of Ellis Island because your family, the Maguires... They came over here. They
6: were living in Black Lion, my grandfather. So Black Lion is between Cabin cabin and Fermanagh, which is like the seat of all the Maguires. And um, I've actually been to the Maguire Castle up in Anniskellen. And uh, they have a fascinating folk museum there as well. So I've come full circle here.
0: And when your Maguire came here, who, who was that? What was the name of that Maguire that, that came here? That was John
6: Maguire. And he
0: came here through Ellis Island? He came through Ellis Island, yes. And uh, What year would that have been, Deirdre? It would have been 1904. Right? Yes.
6: Uh, he was 26 years old. And then he met my grandmother here, who was also from Cabin. She was a Brady. And they got married and had two children.
0: And did they stay around this area here they, of they, Ellis Island? They stayed first? in Manhattan.
6: They were up near St. John the Divine is where they raised the family. And, um,
0: and I know yeah. we were looking at the cases in the hall there when we came in, and that you mentioned the, the luggage cases. Yes. And you mentioned a little story you had about that. Would you with, like to share that with yeah, us? Yeah. Well,
6: that my grandmother had a trunk that she brought with her, and I still have it up in my attic and she brought it through here. And it had uh, some her clothing and her sister's clothing and she had some cast iron pots and pans that was still in the family when I was a
0: child. Yeah, that's what we've noticed today, that people all have little memories of things that came through and that even though it's down two generations, they yeah. still have those, whether it's shoes or clothes right. or pots. And there was a Balik teapot,
6: which I guess was a treasure at that time. Oh, it but still but is. But that, that smashed into a hundred pieces at well, some point. We, we call those
0: smithereens. And smithereens, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> And Fermanagh?
6: There's oh, The we, yes, the Balik from Fermanagh. That um, Now, I assume she got it there and brought it over with her. It was was very, very old and just glued together when I was a child.
0: And again, I don't know (laughs) what's happened to it. (laughs) Thanks, Deirdre. Thanks for sharing your story with us. That was a wonderful day with stories and memories coming flooding back for our Green Room members. But it was time to leave Ellis Island, and just as our ancestors would have, we got onto a smaller ferry boat and headed over to the New Jersey shore. This was just a short boat ride from Ellis Island. Oh, it's pretty.
1: Just
0: Wait. Oh. Oh.
4: We to uh, my been- really like story?
0: Behind me here is the pier or what remains of it. There are just sticks coming up in the water now because it's a very old pier, but it was it's a poignant one for us because it's where the emigrants first landed when they came to downtown New Jersey City. So they would all pile off onto that pier and the building behind me there is missing the wooden platform that came out and you go up the wooden platform into the building there's just a little green balcony there now entering into the building and inside was a, it's a big hall where people then entered and onto the train station to take them all around I guess their new world in America. On the boat today as you head towards the New Jersey shore the skyscrapers on the New York and New Jersey skyline are truly awe-inspiring But I'm sure as our ancestors arrived here, many coming from rural Ireland, the view back then was equally impressive in their eyes. One can only imagine what their thoughts were as they searched the crowded train station for their destination, and maybe some lucky few had relatives who had come out to meet them. Jane, whose grandfather had travelled through this station, tells us about his journey.
4: Hi, I'm Jane. I'm from Kearney, New Jersey, but I grew up right here in Jersey City where Liberty State Park is, where the uh, ferry takes off to Ellis Island. And this was where if the ancestors or the immigrants would come through the doors over there and come over here and take trains to wherever their final destination might be. It might be just in New Jersey. It might be. Chicago. It might be somewhere out in the Midwest. At least this is what I've been told. I'm not, not yes. exactly
0: sure. And just it. looking at it today, you yes. can see the still the platforms Absolutely. exactly where the trains would sort have of pulled in, yes. and you can almost imagine it crowded with people, yes, can't exactly. you? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. To think that
4: my gre- my grandfather, came through these these this in, place here. And came uh, that was in 19-
0: 1905. In 1905. And what was his name, Jane? John Feeney. John Feeney from Galway. You remember Jack told us that many of the emigrants leaving Cove would have found Cove a busy place. I wonder what they thought about New York and Ellis Island and now this busy train station. So Jack Feeney and so many others took trains from this station where we stood today to start a new life in America. And for us, it was like going back in time as on the platform, the times of the train and the places were listed At the top of each platform, it felt like the people had just gone on ahead of us. And indeed they had, but many, many moons ago. Walking in the footsteps of our ancestors that day, and with the stories and memories of the Green Room family members ringing in our ears, we felt we'd captured a little of what our Irish ancestors had experienced as they took a chance on making a new life for their families in a new land. I hope, listeners, you've enjoyed our journey today. I'm certainly very grateful to our Green Room members, Lynn, Deirdre, Fran, Anne, Jane, Deborah, and friends who joined us for St. Patrick's Day on Ellis Island. And they so generously shared their memories of their own ancestors, bringing the whole thing to life for us. Mike and I felt privileged to be with people whose connections linked firmly back to Ellis Island and Castle Garden. They are the descendants of the brave people who struck out from Ireland in search of a better life for their family. And chatting with the Green Room members on Ellis Island on that St. Patrick's Day is proof they've succeeded. So it's Slán Tomil, which is bye for a while, Thanks for listening and we look forward to you joining us again next time on The Letter from Ireland show. If you've enjoyed today's Letter from Ireland show, we'd like to invite you to check out our special membership area, The Green Room. You hear us mention it a lot during the show and you can find full details of The Green Room at a letterfromireland.com forward slash green room. Our green room is the essential resource for anybody at any stage in researching their Irish heritage, because it's where we delve into all the good stuff to help you break down those brick walls and really connect the pieces in your Irish ancestry puzzle. In the green room, you get access to online genealogists, extensive research tools, quick win training, as well as member-only access to johngrenham.com and a very supportive, active community to help you along the way with feedback and advice.